You are listening to the Special Needs Mom Podcast. This is Kara, your host, and I am so glad you're here. Before we get into this episode, I want you to know that Pathway to Peace, which is a group coaching program, is currently available to join. This program is built on three main pillars. First, coaching. It's the real powerhouse. It's what I do. It's what I love. Second, community. And if you've been around for a little bit more than a minute, you know how I feel about community and the power that it has to heal and change your life. And lastly, I have a library of content filled with resources, with modules, with lessons. We go way deeper than I can go in on the podcast. And these are available to you in a way that you can consume them in your busy life. This program would be a good fit for you if you've stabilized past the point of initial diagnosis and find yourself spending a little bit more than you'd like to in overwhelm. And you can't imagine how, given all the things in your life, you can have any sort of peace ever again. Through the program, you will gain the gift of acceptance. You will do the work to recover your spark. You'll leave the program with the tools and the confidence that you have what you need to have joy and peace part of your life once again. So it's time to change it up. I know you've been saying yes to everybody, especially serving with all your heart and everything you have to your child. Now it's time to say yes to you. Find the link in the show notes to get more information and for next steps. Hi, I'm Kara, life coach, wife, and mom to four incredible and unique children. It wasn't all that long ago that my son received a diagnosis that had my world come crashing down. I lacked the ability to see past the circumstances, which felt impossible, and the dreams I once had for my life and family felt destroyed. Fast forward past many years of surviving and not at all thriving, And you'll see a mom who trusts that she can handle anything that comes her way and has access to the power and confidence that once felt so lacking. I created the Special Needs Mom podcast to create connection and community with moms who find themselves feeling trapped and with no one who really understands. My intention is to spark the flare of possibility in your own life and rekindle your ability to dream. This isn't a podcast about your special needs child. This is a podcast about you. If you are a mom who feels anxious, alone, or stuck, then you are in the right place. Welcome. Hi, and welcome to the Special Needs Mom Podcast. Today, our episode is an interview-style episode, and it's much different than I've ever done. And I am so excited to share this with you. The state that I am in in my life, I personally feel like this is just such divine timing. I feel like finding somebody that has such a heart to help women and to push through some of the stops in our current culture and systems, I'm just so relieved and so excited to share this with all of you. I can say with pretty good confidence that this is applicable to every single one of you and potentially life-changing. Dr. David Bilstrom is our guest today. And he has quite an extensive and impressive resume. 
He has over 35 years as a practicing physician specializing in physical medicine, rehabilitation, chronic and autoimmune disease, reversal and prevention. So that's what we're going to be focusing on today. And if you're like, well, I don't have autoimmune disease, this doesn't apply to me, please listen. Additionally, he is also a father to a special needs child. And so the combination of him being a brilliant doctor, a man with a huge heart, the father of somebody who didn't get the answers that they needed, who had to push through and work with the system, he has funneled all of his experience, his brilliance and his energy into helping moms. Can you believe this? I almost told him at the end of the episode that I loved him. (laughs) That was close. I thought that might freak him out a little bit. I was just feeling so much appreciation for what he's doing and his generosity. So he's going to share it with you, but I'm going to spill the beans right now. He has a free resource. He's asking for no money for giving all of the information you need to, like I said, really, really help yourself. And so y'all know if this is not your first episode, I'm kind of a big fan of moms taking care of themselves. And gosh, it's hard, ladies. Like I struggle with this as much as any one of you. It is not easy to find the time, the energy, and then the mental space to even turn towards ourselves when we're in hard seasons and even if we're in regular season. So what else do I want to tell you about Dr. Billstrom? I want to tell you that he has easy ways to support yourself and they're affordable, as in they cost no dollars. So as we go into this episode, he gives so much information in a short amount of time. I hope your curiosity is so piqued that you stop whatever you're doing and you go to the show notes and you follow the directions to the resources that he gives you. Again, they're free. So let's get into the episode. Let's welcome Dr. David Bilstrom. Well, Dr. Bilstrom, You're the first official doctor on the show, and I'm excited to have this conversation. I've been looking forward to it. Welcome to the Special Needs Mom Podcast. So nice to have me. Thank you so much. So let's tell everybody a little bit about who you are. What I'll say just as a more thorough intro is that your team reached out to me. And I get a lot of people, you know, reaching out, wanting to kind of have their opportunity to be on the podcast and promote their passions and projects. And yours really stood out because of the alignment of your desire and efforts to support women. So thank you for those efforts. And tell us a little bit more, you know, kind of a quick backstory of how you got to where you are and really what you focus your energies on now. Oh, absolutely. So as a parent, you know, we want to take care of our children as best we can. And I was already a physical medicine and rehab physician specializing in spinal cord injury rehabilitation. So everybody who I saw was paralyzed from the neck down to the waist down and a very specialized population, very complicated, so much so that the rehab doctors became their primary care providers because things that uh, most people wouldn't even think about, like just something over the counter for a stuffy nose, we wouldn't think twice about taking that for that population that could kill them. But they have so many needs and so many side effects to medications, you're really limited. And I kept looking for things that might be able to help these folks. And wouldn't it be lovely if there's no side effects? What I found was acupuncture. So I ended up training at UCLA about 30 years ago in medical acupuncture. And oh my gosh, it worked so much better than I ever imagined it would. I had 11 rehab partners at the time, 200-bed rehab hospital. We had no place to send people because we were kind of the ones that everybody would send patients to that they couldn't help. 
And all my partners like, oh, good. We have one more thing that, that we can offer people. Oh my gosh, it works so well. And it got me thinking, geez, you know, I went through my entire traditional medical training, never learned a lick about acupuncture. What else is out there that can help people that I didn't know about? And sure enough, there's so much. Now, I started getting into integrated medicine, you know, utilizing all these different kind of modalities that aren't necessarily taught in traditional medical training. And my son, three years old, four years old, developed terrible asthma, terrible allergies. And I'm like, oh, this would be a piece of cake. There's not been one kid with <laughs> asthma that I can't get to go away with acupuncture. Well, sure enough, the asthma went away, but his allergies were so stubborn and he was so miserable. We went to everybody that I knew around the Chicago area is where we were at the time. Every integrated medicine practitioner would try to help him. Of course, the medicines weren't working and nobody could really help him that much. Eventually, we kind of gave in and said, well, we're going to have to do those shots. You know, we were trying to avoid that. We don't like, you know, needles around kids. And so my wife would take them every week and every week they would give them the shot. But after a couple of months, the allergist said, hey, Jody, isn't your husband a doc? And she goes, yeah. Well, why don't you have him give the shots? You know, why you got to come in? You know, you're a busy mom trying to get two children, you know, again, I'm why don't you just have your husband do it? And so I get home from work one day and Jody goes, Hey, uh, the allergist says, how about you just give Dylan the shots? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I'm like, oh, uh, okay. And so once a week I give the shot and every week they get thicker and bigger and more painful. And after a couple of months, I'd say, okay, Dylan, time for your shot. And he would look at me just absolutely horrified and cry and no dad, no dad. And, uh, oh, geez, it was just breaking my heart. You know, I want what was best for him but it was breaking my heart to give him what was best. And I go, oh, okay, I got to figure this out. Then if nobody else can figure this out, I have to figure it out. So this is how I learned about functional medicine, where functional medicine is really asking the question why people get health issues. And if you know why they get it, you're in a position to make it better. One of the tests we tend to run are saliva tests, poop tests, these kind of things. And as I was trying to figure out how to interpret the lab data, these labs that I hadn't learned about, up to that point, but a really fascinating test to really dig in deep to why people get these things. One of the testing companies had this thing where docs would really know this stuff. They'd invite us who are newbies, bring in your cases, we'll discuss them, and we'll teach you how to interpret these labs and what to do with it. So I did that one night after work, and they said, hey, who's got a case? And I said, I have a case. Okay, show us your lab results. And they look at these and they go, oh my gosh, this is like the worst thing we've ever seen. And I'm like, Holy crud, that's the last thing I wanted to hear. Yeah, right. I wanted to hear this. <laughs> like, didn't mention fix, this right? patient is my son. I'm like, I'm easy fix, my son. And I was like, oh, yeah, this would be great. This is terrible. And I'm like, oh, geez. So, you know, it kind of helped me understand it. And sure enough, learning this functional medicine, kind of why people get stuff and interpreting the lab data, which really you can pinpoint exactly what's going on. You don't have to guess. It's kind of like we talk about, well, let's test and not guess. And sure enough, he's great. We end up getting dogs. He's fine. It's all great. But I really opened my eyes that, oh my gosh, you know, there really is even a better way than even this integrated medicine that I was I would learn. This functional medicine really dives deep into why people get things. Now, we kept seeing people come in, in my integrated medicine practice with autoimmune disease. And 80% of people that get autoimmune disease are women. So it's all the traditional ones like rheumatoid arthritis and Sjogren's and lupus and also colitis and Crohn's disease. We now know that so many chronic diseases that we didn't think were autoimmune disease actually are, but this is where our focus really was on moms because moms end up to be the ones that get these things 
And one of the huge drivers of autoimmune disease where the immune system becomes confused, we make antibodies against things that are not us, like infections, to kick the infections out. So like if you get a cold virus that gets in, makes you sick, you don't need to have this cold virus cold for 20 years. You want your immune system to make antibodies, attack that cold virus, kick it out of the neighborhood. You're done with your cold in four to five days. Well, autoimmune disease is where the immune system becomes confused and actually starts attacking our own body parts and basically you're self-destructing, which is very counterproductive to self-destruct. One of the really big drivers of this, and this is where I love my mom, love my grandma, love my wife. Moms do so much for the entire family. They're really the gatekeeper, everything, but they're the ones that get this. And a big central mechanism is a hormone balance called estrogen dominance where women get too much estrogen, not enough progesterone, and it drives all the hormonal menstrual things. So bad flows, bad cramps, PMS, ovarian cysts, breast cysts, fibroids, endometriosis, infertility. It's like, holy cow, that all is terrible, but it's one particular hormone imbalance. But it's even more provocative, more terrible because estrogen revs and progesterone calms. And so it also drives women to get excessive worry anxiety, mm-hmm. panic attacks, sleep issues, insomnia. So when you see any of these rev without calm, hormone, menstrual things, you go, oh, that's estrogen dominance. We need to fix this in the women that have it because it is miserable. You don't want any of this kind of stuff, right? But it is so important for women to know that this can be fixed. Usually the intervention that gets used for the hormonal menstrual things is, oh, we will give you estrogen-based oral birth control pills. Well, basically put a woman in menopause, you don't have the bad flows, bad cramps, PMS, but basically you're adding estrogen on top of the estrogen dominance and it's just making it worse. And you go, well, what's the big deal? I don't have terrible cramps, I don't have terrible flows. I can be a mom, care for my kids, my aging parents, whatever it is. But if we don't fix this, this is a huge driver why 80% of people that get autoimmune diseases are women. So if you don't fix it when you have these symptoms, you're kind of heading to all these autoimmune disease. But because cancer is the flip side of the same coin as autoimmune disease, you're heading to cancer. And so we know that women with this estrogen dominance before menopause has a 5.4 times greater risk of getting breast cancer before menopause, not twice the risk or three times the risk, but 5.4 times the risk and a 10 times greater risk of malignant cancers their entire lifetime. So Mm. we feel it's so important to take care of moms. And a big part of that is, well, let's fix this estrogen dominance that's driving everything kind of crazy. And let's fix it before you end up getting breast cancer and other kind of cancers or autoimmune disease. It's not that hard to fix, but it's just hard to fix it if people don't know that it's fixable and people don't know how important it is to fix it to prevent future disease and keep yourself really healthy, really happy, really great quality life. And then this allows a mom to be the mom she wants to be because she's feeling so good. She can care for the kids, care for aging parents. Oh my gosh, all this on a woman's plate. And then again, eventually the husband probably goes, well, maybe I should get healthy too. But he's usually the last mm-hmm. one to come to see us. We always see the mom, the kids, mm-hmm. and then parents. And then eventually the husband comes in. <laughs> That's funny. Well, thank you for kind of even just sharing like, the concepts you have so far. What's interesting is, so I've worked extensively with a naturopath to address the issues that you're talking about. And it's been really, really helpful. For me, it's really, really impacted my migraines. So that's been a total win. 
So I guess what I'm saying is I'm a hundred percent bought in to the approaches that you're sharing and want to kind of explore a couple things. First, I want to talk about stress and its relationship to autoimmune because I'm sure you can imagine the levels of stress that the moms in my community and, and myself are in. You know, all of the data shows that chronic stress, you know, produces real physical um, symptoms and eventually disease. So I'd love to hear first the correlation between stress and autoimmune. And then secondly, what you would suggest to help manage that stress, knowing that our children's diagnoses will not be going away. So that's not an option. Absolutely. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. So, you know, unfortunately, we live in such a stressful world in general. And so when you talk about stress, you're really talking about the stress hormone cortisol. And it's a hormone that's made by the adrenal glands that sit on top of the kidney. The body is a stress response is made for intermittent stress, kind of this fight or flight mode, life or death mode. Something happens, you either fight or you flight, you live to tell the tale, cortisol goes back down if they're being kicked up. But when you get chronic stress, you know, over and over again, day after day, cortisol can get kicked up into the stress mode and get stuck in the stress mode, hypercortisolism. And that is terrible for the system. And so one thing, stress is really terrible for the gut. So if anybody who's like, you know, gone through school, had a big test and they're really nervous just for the test, well, here's gurgle, 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 reflux, you know, I have to run to the bathroom, that kind of a thing. So stress always nails the gut. Well, the gut is a super big central mechanism and everything. So when the gut's off, you can't really digest your food very well. You get vitamin deficient. It's kind of like when you're real nervous, you're anxious, a lot of stress, you're not going to digest your food very well. So you get these vitamin deficiencies that drives chronic disease. When the gut's off, you can't balance hormones. And it's one of the reasons why you get this estrogen dominance on top of the fact that cortisol loves to throw off all the other hormones. So between cortisol and the gut, here comes this estrogen dominance, all these hormone issues. When the gut's off, they call the gut the second brain. And so when the gut gets thrown off, the gut can't make things like the feel-good neurotransmitter serotonin, which is mm -hmm. so important for mood, sleep, immune system. The gut's got to make the calming, quieting neurotransmitter GABA. It's not going to be able to create calm. The gut actually makes melatonin. And we think of melatonin as a hormone that is vitally important for sleep-wake cycles, which if you're not sleeping, you're not mm -hmm. feeling well, your brain's mm -hmm. not going to be sharp. But melatonin is a great example of how these hormones do so much more than we give them credit for. So like when you think about estrogen progesterone, you go, geez, I never thought about that with anxiety, panic attacks. You know, I kind of thought of hormone stuff that do so much more. So for example, people that make more melatonin have less heart attacks, less stroke, less Alzheimer's, less osteoporosis. And the gut, the intestinal microbiome has to make that. Hmm. When the gut's off, it's very hard to get rid of toxins from the body and toxins can build up over time really tough on the brain, tough on the immune system. And then because 80% of the immune system surrounds the gut, when the gut gets thrown off, it throws off the immune system. And not only do people get colds and flus and infections, allergies, asthma, but here comes cancer and autoimmune disease and the infections that tend to drive chronic disease. So we now know that people that have chronic diseases, there's always a component of infection. Not necessarily the ones that are obvious, gives up fevers and all this, but more the chronic infections, chronic disease, things like Epstein-Barr virus, mm -hmm. herpes virus 6, Coxsackie virus, mycoplasma, big infections that drive chronic disease. And this is where 
when you have these chronic diseases, go, okay, got to create the calm because when you're stuck in the stress mode, it suppresses the immune system. Here comes these infections. You're stuck in the stress mode. Here comes gut issues. And when you get the gut issues, it's just this whole domino effect of bad stuff. So the better we can create calm and one of the uber central mechanisms in every cell in our body when it comes to health issues is which genes get turned on and turned off. And so we used to think our DNA, our genes were hardwired, whatever we got, we got good, bad. Otherwise, we're kind of stuck with it. But it actually turns out that a lot of health or ill health is flipping off the bad genes and turning on the good genes. So the good genes kind of create health, the bad genes create disease. So when you do things like deep breathing, meditation, get out in nature, you know, yoga, tai chi, repetitive prayer, you're basically flipping the genes the right way in every cell in your body. And so like Harvard did this great study about 15 years ago about this. They go, oh my goodness, meditation flips genes the right way. Well, this is exactly what you want to do for everything, including it kind of puts the body now in a position to start healing. And then with the proper interventions, you can heal the gut, fix the estrogen dominance, get rid of these infections. But really, the body just does not heal in the stress mode. This is why if you kind of regularly try to create calm, and it doesn't have to be even 20 minutes a day, it's like one to two minutes, one time a day. It's more the repetition than it is the duration. You really put your body in a position to heal. And then when you do these other things, which basically these other things are getting rid of physical stress, because to the body, stress is stress. Physical, emotional, spiritual, it's just all stress. So now you get rid of the infections. Now you get rid of the gut disruption. Now you get rid of these vitamin deficiencies. It's physical stressors. Cortisol resets into the calm mode, and then you can fix anything. Because when you're in the calm mode, the body goes, all right, I got this. I can fix stuff. And you're really in a position to start changing things. Yeah, it's almost like the body's like, okay, we can put energy towards that since we're generally okay right now. I'm really glad you went into how little effort it takes to make big changes. Because I think, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the amounts of stress are constant and the stressors are not going to go away. And so when I talk about managing stress, I think a lot of people are truly perplexed at what that means. I think they go to trying to eliminate stressors. Again, it's kind of an impossible thing for moms like us. So what I heard you say is, breathing and different breathing techniques, Tai Chi, prayer, getting out in nature. These are four examples of what somebody can do to get their body into a lower cortisol state, as in calm, so that their body can start to do what your body is designed to do. And only one to two minutes a day can make a big impact is what I'm hearing from you. I want, I want everyone to hear this. Huge. And it's about as deep as you can go, because if you're turning genes on and off in every cell in your body the right way, you have opened up this window of opportunity to fix anything. It is really profound to get that calm created. I'm so glad to have the stats from the guy who actually knows how little can make a big difference. Because I'm always, you know, shouting from the rooftops, like 1% more, just a little bit, even just one breath a day. <laughs> like we don't have to start big. Also, a lot of moms, we hear a lot about self-care, you should take care of yourself. And a lot of moms immediately roll their eyes because they're already so maxed and they equate taking care of themselves with more time. And I especially love that a lot of these things do not have a time component as in breathing does not really take time, nor does prayer as far as you can pray in the shower. I just really wanted to emphasize that because I think it's really helpful to my audience. 
Talking about functional medicine, and you know, I'm a deep believer in kind of all of the holistic styles of different modalities. And there's kind of a level of frustration because the access I have to getting the care that I think is best for myself isn't great. You know, it takes a lot of money in terms of dollars to invest in. For me, it was naturopathy. How can moms access the information they need to have in order to tap into, you know, the cycles and to the support that you're referring to? Yeah. And and this kind of goes back to what you're alluding to. The body is so smart. Its default mode is to heal, to fix things. So like we use in clinic as an example of somebody walk around their house bare, in bare feet, they kick a chair leg. You're hopping around in pain. Now with small children around, you probably don't want to try to cuss, but you're hopping around in pain. <laughs> well, you have such confidence in your body's ability to fix things. You're not just hopping around in pain thinking, oh, great, I'm going to be in terrible pain, hopping around in pain for the next 20 years. It's like, no, no, no. I know my body can fix stuff. Two, three minutes later, I'm fine. I just try not to do that again. And so when it comes to health, some, the body's so smart. It doesn't take a lot like maybe one minute a day of some deep breathing. It doesn't take like 30 minutes of yoga, doing poses that you see on the top of yoga magazine that nobody can do. <laughs> but when you know the real big central mechanism, such as creating calm, and you can put your body in a position to fix so many things. And so I really appreciate what you talked about, how economically it can be such a big hit to try to stay healthy, reverse chronic disease. And so we just released a free online email course that can be accessed and it's called Medical Bill Detox and it's on medicalbilldetox.com. And so it's seven emails, one per week. You can go faster if you want to, where we take a real big deep dive every week into the causes of chronic health issues and exactly how to turn them around. So the very first week is cortisol. Got to create some calm, open up the window opportunity. The second week is a really big central mechanism in health issues where when we have something very important that the body needs, every cell needs, there always has to be a receptor on a cell. So the thing the cell needs to tell the cell what to do can attach and do the work. So you tend to hear a lot about insulin resistance, where the receptors in the cells for the hormone insulin that controls blood sugar cannot attach the receptors very well because they become resistant. And then someone's like, you don't have insulin. Here you go to diabetes. Well, every cell in the body has receptors for vitamin D. And I know everybody hears vitamin D. It is much more important than anybody usually thinks. But the vitamin D receptors on the cells had to be sensitive to vitamin D. They cannot become resistant. But well, mm-hmm. what happens, and this is our second week's deep dive in the free email course, is the vitamin D receptors in the gut can become resistant to vitamin D. So it doesn't matter how much vitamin D you have, it's not going to get the bang for the effort. And this sets up a whole domino effect of terrible stuff. Now, when you fix it, it sets in place a whole domino effect of great things. So the original data back in 2018 was, oh my goodness, you fix this, you can turn around autoimmune disease of the gut. You can turn around like recurrent C. difficile infections of the gut, recurrent H. pylori. And they also go, wow, this seems like such a central mechanism. It probably can fix anything. And sure enough, as the year's gone on, that has proven true. So like six months after that, a big study came out and go, oh, you can fix this. It's a nuclear weapon against metabolic syndrome, which is diabetes, abnormal weight gain, cholesterol issues, heart attack, and stroke risk. And then as time goes on, like two years ago in the Harvard Journal of Psychiatry, they say, well, geez, if you can shift the gut this way, 
the intestinal microbiome, the mix of the good, bad bugs in the gut, you can treat major depressive disorder. Another study came out, if you can shift the microbiome in the gut this way, it changes personality traits. People become more outgoing and more social. And so it is a super big central mechanism, just like when it comes to resetting cortisol, it's not as challenging as it may appear for such a big central mechanism. It takes three things, vitamin D, a little bit every day, probiotics every day, which people, most people that are trying to get healthy or stay healthy probably are taking some. But also the third thing is something called butyrate. And butyrate is probably one that a lot of people haven't heard about, Mm -hmm. but it actually, once again, is made in the gut by the good bacteria. The good bacteria, the gut is so helpful. So here's this butyrate made by the good bacteria keeps away inflammation in the gut. So historically, on the digestive stool analyses that a lot of functional medicine, naturopaths like you alluded to, we do, they actually test for butyrate because it's so important. And when it's low, we go, oh, you have this increased risk of colon cancer. Let's fix it. You don't need that colon cancer. Well, when you combine it with vitamin D probiotics, it fixes this vitamin D receptor resistance issue. And this whole domino effect of great stuff happens, including this butyrate works almost exclusively through epigenetics. Thus, it prevents cancer five different ways. It actually treats cancer five different ways. A prescription form is being used for lung cancers that there are really no other options. It's great for brains. It can help children with cystic fibrosis where they're basically drowning on their own secretions. It helps these neurologic things. It is unbelievable, including my wife, Jody, who's a psychotherapist. We're speaking in Algeria in about a week at an obesity conference. And butyrate helps us feel full when we should. We don't overeat. It helps us stay lean. If we're not lean, it helps us lose weight. And it actually, that gut-brain connection helps the brain know when we should eat, know when we shouldn't eat. It is really amazing. It is getting so much press because of its ability through almost exclusively epigenetics to change so many different things at the same time. And that that's our second week deep dive. So you can kind of see where if you know these central mechanisms, it doesn't have to be that hard to get at these guys and really get the body in a position to start fixing itself. I am like almost jumping out of my seat over here. Interestingly enough, you know, there are so many parts of my son's picture that you've touched on. We'll probably offline ask for a couple minutes of your brain. But I think because of my journey with my son, I have an awareness of a lot of these issues, but I don't necessarily have an awareness of how to resolve them. And what I have found is you kind of get dead ends, you know, with the more traditional Western medicine and you don't really get to the root of the problem. There's the, hey, just take this and, you know, they send you on your way. I'm really excited to share this with the audience. And so definitely I want to mention everyone, the links to the free resource will definitely be on the show notes. And I will make sure that you can access that if you want to. And I would assume that the recommendations and the information you're providing over the seven weeks and emails will provide people the information and access to what you're suggesting. Is that a fair assumption? You're not just trying to educate people on why this happened, but also how to address it and fix them. Yep. Mm, Beautiful. Okay. I really could spend a lot of time talking about all of the things. And I also want to be mindful of time. Curious is kind of what we haven't touched on that if you think about the moms that we both serve, what haven't we talked about that you feel like would be really important from your perspective to share for them as they're considering their own health and happiness, but also the sustainability 
of caring for their children. Because for a lot of these moms, this is going to be a lifetime job. And that can be pretty daunting when you're feeling the physical symptoms that all this stress commonly would produce. So I'd love to hear what else you would add to support this community. Well, I think one thing is important is for women to understand that we know where these health issues come from that they're experiencing and how to help them. You know, so women, unfortunately, are an underserved population in the medical world, right? All the research done on men, all the research done on male mice. Um, And and so women's physiology is so unique, but also part of the underserved part is like things happen like, oh, you have terrible menstrual flows as a 16-year-old girl, terrible cramps. Well, that's just being a woman. And it's like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're really tired. Well, you know, you're caring for a special needs kids. You're absolutely fatigued. Well, what do you expect? You're caring. No, mm -mm. those things make it challenging, but the body can be so healthy that you can do all you need to do and still feel good. You don't have to just go, well, this is just how it is. I have this chronic health issue. I'm stuck with it. No, we can help you. And then this is why we so focus on moms is we want moms to feel great, but then moms can do what the moms want, you know, care for their children as they're caring for themselves and, you know, do everything they want, quality of life they want, and really be who they want to be. Oh my gosh. We have the same heart with a lot of different knowledge. (laughs) And I just love so much that you have filled this gaping hole in our society. And I'm so thankful that you have a enough of a desire to support this community that you're willing to spend your free time on podcasts like this, producing the email course that you have created. Thank you so much. And I'm really excited to personally dig into this and to share this with my community. So with that, thank you so much for all of your wisdom and your heart. Thank you so much for having me, Kara. One more thing before we officially, officially wrap up this show. Sometimes when I'm listening to podcasts, I have the experience of wanting more. I'm listening at the very end thinking, I sure wish that episode didn't end. I invite you, if you feel in any way the same way, I invite you to the Special Needs Mom podcast community, which is a free group that I host on Facebook, where we as a community of fellow moms who listen to this podcast and are experiencing life in similar shoes, get to talk to one another, get to share stories, get to actually interact. I hope you'll consider joining. See you over there.